Hello, I'm Emile Bellet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. How can you boost your finances with investing and make your money work for you? What are meme stocks? And how do you pick an investment platform? These are some of the questions we discuss with Kalpana Fitzpatrick, a financial journalist and author of Invest Now, the simple guide to boosting your finances, released in December 2022. Inflation is still high, with cost of living having increased drastically, and there's a lot of uncertainty. But investing is key for the long term, and so is financial resilience. If you're looking to start investing or consolidating your knowledge, this episode will help you get started. Are you looking to organize your finances in 2023? We're launching a new cohort of our Money Management Bootcamp. It's a six-week course, live and pre-recorded, where I'll share all the essential tools for organizing and tracking your finances, boost your knowledge of investing, and shift your money mindset. We'll focus on building your wealth, learning about to save and invest for the long term, and understanding how money helps you achieve your goals. You can check it out on festpod.com bootcamp and in the show notes. Want to give your money an opportunity to grow this year? Wealthify makes investing simple by choosing and managing your investments for you. And if you open a Wealthify plan and invest at least £50 by 30th of June 2023, they'll give you an extra £50. Terms and conditions apply. New customers only. The offer is capped at the first 500 customers. Find out more and claim the offer at wealthify.com slash the wallet. With investing, your capital is at risk and you could get back less than you put in. Wealthify is regulated and authorized by the Financial Conduct Authority. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. What are some, some obstacles you, you commonly find uh, among people that, that prevent them from getting started with investing because I think we know and, and most people have understood that they, they need to invest, uh, you know, to build up this long-term wealth. But what what's, you know, preventing them from doing so? Yeah, sure. So I talk about this quite a lot in the book because I felt it was really address, um, important to address the barriers actually stopping from people. Um, and I think conversations that I have with people, they find there's, there's several reasons, but one of the things I most commonly hear is, oh, I'd love to do investing, but I'm not rich enough. And hopefully I'm getting this message that investing is for everyone across. Um, so I think that's the common barrier where people think, actually, you need hundreds or thousands of pounds to actually even get started. And actually, you don't. Um, you can start with a small sum and it's quite simple. And then the second thing is the complexity people see as something that they need to be good at stock picking or they need to you know, sit at a screen um, every day and monitor stocks, know when to buy and sell. That's just not how it works. It's um, You could actually be, you know, it's to me, and once you've read the book, you will see, it is as easy as opening your bank account and earning interest, but it's just in, done in a slightly different way. Yeah. Um, and there are ways to do that so that it can be as simple as that. I mean, obviously, if you, someone wants to stop picking something, that's fine, but it's not something that I would suggest um, beginners do. And it's, it's an easier path to get started with investing and you don't need a lot of money. So I think the the common myths around it 
um, is that it's, it's too complicated. I'm not rich enough. But I would also like to add, and I would say that this is something that I was probably told when I was younger, is people think it's it's almost like gambling. And gambling and investing are two very different things. But I remember when I, I was young, my dad would always say, I mean, we had better interest rates at the time. Um, he would say something like, oh, just put money in the bank account. It's safe there. But don't do investing because that's a bit dangerous and, you know, you'll lose all your money. It's a bit like gambling. So there were, that myth is something that I, I was probably brought up with. And I, I imagine a lot of people today are being brought up with as well. So it's really just taking people away from that message and just saying, actually, it's not gambling. It's not complicated. And you don't need hundreds of thousands of pounds to do it. I agree with you. And I think it's, you know, understanding this myth around investing. Maybe it's, you know, around the culture and how we've seen, you know, all these movies. And you talk, I often talk about, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street and all these movies about investing that are quite far from the reality of, of retail and, and individual investors. Um, but I think one of the other barriers for, um, at least for the Vespod community is around the overwhelm in the space by the number of maybe um, investment platforms, robo-advisors, you know, all the different options and, and people feel, okay, I, I, I'm starting to build the knowledge, but now like practically how do I get started? Um, and can you share maybe your top tips for choosing um, an investment platform? Yes, absolutely. And like you said, there are so many. It's, I always think it's a bit like shopping on ASOS and you're finding one thing, but there's just a bit too much choice how do I narrow it down so to so to again we, we can filter this um I would say anyone starting out you're you're looking for um someone that can do it for you so that's where the what we call the robo um platforms and yeah I mean I would say just just go on read read, read the book I, I recommend some in there um, and there's some of the easiest way to get started so you can look at plat um, when I say platforms I mean um there's no such comparison sites, but um, read what the journalists are talking about, which platforms they're talking about. Go on sites like Boring Money, for example, or compare the platform is another one where you can um, sort of put in those filters, say what you want to achieve, how you want to invest, and they'll throw up some options for you. Read up about, um, I think there's so many like um, websites that talk about them, but I would, I'm quite strong on the messaging, go to reputable platforms as and as well um, you know see what the customer reviews are saying about them but also know what, what you want to achieve because some are like geared towards being just ethical um, and others will you know might might allow you to do um, they might have some limited options so see what the options are and make sure they're aligned with your goals that's quite important I think the main thing is if you're starting out I would definitely take a look at some of the robo advisors and see what their offerings are. Um, don't go somewhere where you have to sort of pick your own funds because with a robo advisor, you don't have to pick your own funds. You're literally, I like the gamification, what I call a gamification process that they take you through. So what they do is that you get a series of questions and they'll assess your risk attitude from those questions. Um, you won't probably won't even know you're being assessed. Um, and then they'll show you, oh yeah, based on your answers, here's a fund for you to invest in. Um, and they'll they'll do the rest for you. So all you're doing is deciding how much you're going to put in and put the money in. So it is easy, but there is a lot of choice. So I would say, um, but the robo-advisors are quite easy to fish out because you, you can go and you'll find the top five quite easily by looking on something like boring money, for example. I agree with you that, you know, robo have really 
you know, change change the market and allowed, you know, beginners investors to get started. And of course, as you become more <laughs> experienced, you can go via, you know, DIY investment platforms and start picking your, your own investments. Um, but actually, when we talk about investing and, you know, you talk often about that, I talk about that, you know, if maybe avoid picking stocks at the beginning of your journey or always avoid picking stocks, you know, because it's a lot, it's a lot more risky and go and look and look for funds. But can you explain some of the behaviors we've seen recently around FOMO, this fear of missing out and meme stocks um, when, you know, investing in stock uh, that made people maybe take too much risk? Oh gosh, absolutely. Uh, the fear of missing out is one of those things that can really damage your finances, not just when it comes to investing, but just generally, like even if you go out with your friends, you don't want to do something, you can't afford something, but you're going to do it because it's the fear of missing out that's driving you. I think with investing, it's not a wise thing to do. So we have seen this fear of missing out with um, GameStop, for example, where um, you know people started buying stocks and actually lost a lot of money. We see it with cryptocurrencies where you know you get people talking about, look how much money I made on crypto and you don't want to miss out. So, oh, I'm going to do that as well. And actually, if you did that, you might have lost quite a lot of money recently. So I think it's really important to think about what's important to you when you invest. So if you are picking stocks, now I'm not going to say like, you know, there, there might be times where you might want to hold one or two stocks in addition to um, something else that you're doing and that's fine if that's something you feel comfortable with. But do not hold a stop because so-and-so's told you it's great or you've seen a rave about it on, you know, people raving about it on social media. Think about your behaviour as a consumer. You you already know what's important to you as a consumer. So um, we were talking earlier about how I need to get a new phone, Emily. And um, so I know, like, you know, this is a popular brand. I'm going to go there and buy a phone. Um, but actually, I might want to invest in that brand as well, based on my my consumer experience. So I'd say don't let FOMO drive your investment decisions. Make sure it's your your you got your consumer hat on, and that's driving your decisions. My children, for example, like to um, I hate to say, but they like to eat McDonald's, and sometimes they like it a bit too much. And I'm like, well, you know, we should definitely have some shares in uh, McDonald's. And I'm trying to like that's me also almost trying to teach them that. It's okay if you're going to spend money and, you know, you know a lot of people spend money here and it's, a, you know, it's a sound business, just the fact that you're a consumer of it um, and that let that sort of drive a decision about your investments as well. Um, and I would always say, yeah, that's that's the best way to think of it. So like, get, get FOMO out of your head if you can and question any investments that you make if, when it comes to picking stocks and ask yourself, are you doing it because everyone else is talking about it and it sounds like a good opportunity do you actually even know what much about this company what it does what you know have you read about it um or are you are you better off doing something because you actually genuinely know as a consumer what this company is about and you know it does well you support it already by being a consumer so yeah get FOMO out the head <laughs> and can you can you explain what is the concept of uh, of meme stocks? Because I guess most people who, who spend a bit of time on social media would have seen them, but you know how the you know how someone would would get into that? Yeah, so literally, I think you um, TikTok, um, Instagram, all over social media. This is where um, the price of a stock is being driven by social media, um, social media push rather than the actual performance of a company. Um, you're likely to come across a meme stock if you're on social media and you see you you'll see just by judge algorithms and also who you're following etc 
the chances are, you know, these this sort of content is being thrown up at you. Um, and I, I just want to really get that message clear and strong. Ignore the noise. Just cut it out. Don't follow it. Um, and in fact, I would just say unfollow anyone that's pushing stocks and certain brands towards you. Um, it's never the right way. And ultimately, when eventually that stock price will drop, once the social media noise drops, the stock price will drop and you will probably lose a lot of money. And we saw, you know, anyone, if you Google GameStop, for example, there's so much news around it from um, previous years. And that's a really learning opportunity for anyone who is listening to noise on social media to drive their investment decisions. And maybe can I can I ask you a question re relating to that? Because as a financial journalist, um, you know exactly what is the fine line between um, giving guidance um, to consumers versus giving advice. And, you know, why Kalpana is not there saying, oh, you should buy stock in this company or, or this company and invest in this. Can you can you tell us a little bit the rules? So for us as individual investors, how do we recognize, you know, what, uh, what's, you know, noise um, or, or what's actually, you know, real uh, guidance? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, I, I'm, and I'm so glad you've mentioned this because actually, and I say this in my book, you know, I'm a financial journalist, not a financial advisor. That's two mm -hmm. very different things. You know, my job as a journalist is to research something, give you information um, to help you make your decisions. But if, if you see a financial advisor, um, you know, they will look at your situation um, and give you advice based on your individual circumstances. Um, so when you get something from social media, the person that's actually telling you to take action doesn't know anything about your situation they don't know anything about you so they shouldn't be giving advice and and you know if you are seeking financial advice you need to speak to a qualified financial advisor or financial planner um, they are in the position to give you that advice I'm not in a position to give advice and I will never go on social media to say to someone buy this stock now buy this fund now anything I say and anyone who isn't a financial advisor should say um, that, you know, this is just guidance and tips to help you um, get to where you need to get to. But if you need actual individual advice or you're not sure about something, then you need to speak to a qualified financial advisor who should be able to assess your own situation. Um, and that's not to say you know, anyone can start investing. You don't need a financial advisor to start investing unless you have it's quite a lot of money to invest, like a significant sum. I'm talking over 100k to invest then you might want to talk to a financial advisor first in terms of getting the best way to do that um, and they can assess your risk you know your whole financial situation but just and it's really important to keep that in mind that anyone in social media that's telling you to do something and promising you a get rich quick mm -hmm. is red flags all over Yeah, massive red flag. Um, and, and this is very easy. You know, the get rich week, you can make money within a few months. No, like definitely. Um, and a, a yeah, is is that's not what how investing works. It's definitely not about getting rich quick. And I just, yeah, again, just cut out the social media noise. There's a lot of people putting out um, inappropriate information out there. And it could ultimately, what's going to happen is you could end up losing money. Um, so I'm all about doing it safely and slowly. 
so we talked about investing platform, looking at funds versus um, versus stocks. You know, ignoring the noise. Now, when we when we start investing, um, it's also important to look at, at taxes. So something else where people are like, oh my god, I don't want to think about that. But what are can can you talk a little bit about the you know tax efficient ways to start investing when when uh, you live in the UK? Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... If you haven't already got an ISA, I would definitely say open a stocks and shares ISA. That gives you £20,000, up, well, up to £20,000 tax-free savings allowance. So um, that means any earnings that you make on that money, the tax man will not touch it, which is great because I think he plans to touch a lot of our money next year. Um, when I say next year, I mean 2023. So when you're listening to this this year, um, with the changes over the capital gains tax. So that's... Um, so now more than ever, maximize your ISA. And if you haven't got an ISA, invest via an ISA, stocks and shares ISA. Not a, I'm not talking about the cash ones, obviously. That's where you just earn an interest one. Um, and pensions as well. Um, you know, they're all the tax efficient ways of saving. If you've got children, then you can put money into a junior ISA. But obviously be aware that if you put money into a junior ISA, make sure it's money that you don't plan to... You, you know, you don't think you'll need because it's locked until the child is 18. And that's some people forget that. I think I'll oh, just give it to the children, but I can take it out if I want, if we have an emergency. But you can't. So just just to be mindful of that. So max your ISA out. That's 20 up to £20,000 you can put. You don't need £20,000. It's just up to. I think sometimes people see that figure and think, oh, I haven't got £20,000. So I won't use it. But it doesn't matter whatever you got. And do it before April because a new tax allowance starts in a new tax year starts in April, 6th of April. So if you haven't maxed up your ISA before that, you just lose that allowance and the new allowance starts. So what you want to do is max it before April and then you're onto a new allowance um, post-April. So um, post-April to 6th. So that's that's just really, again, mindful. If you've got the money to invest, try and do it before April tax year ends. Um, so that's, um, and obviously pensions. I mean, they're really tax efficient ways to save and everyone should maximise those opportunities. And um, if anyone's listening and thinking, what have pensions got to do with this? Uh, just a quick reminder that your pensions are invested. So actually, you're all already investing if you've got a pension. Thank you so much, Kalfana. Um, and just talking, of course, to the Vespot community where our audience is mostly, um, you know, women, we, we often talk about the gender um, investing gap and I, and I hear a lot of women, I mean, I keep hearing like a lot of women are, you know, risk adverse, they don't like to take risk and that's why they don't want to invest and they keep their savings in cash or they take, le they take less risk with their, with their investments, which I don't believe is true. I think it's, you know, the issue is more around, you know, education, getting started, cutting the noise and women also make, make great investors. But what are your thoughts about this and, and how can we, can we close the gap? Yeah, um, I think um, definitely I always encourage more women to invest and I'd like to see more women invest. I think the, there's so many barriers and I don't think they call it, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, they do want to know more information before they make the decisions because women are more likely to invest in something and hold on to it. Whereas you might, and I'm speaking from research, not on my thoughts about this, and research is also that men are more likely to chop and change things. So when women want to invest and they want to hold, they just want as much information as possible. But I think one of the barriers um, is about how investment companies aren't really talking to them. So we often see, and I've been to, you know, I've seen sort of macho images, as I put it. Um, and I think just women, when, when 
when it feels like someone's not talking to you, just like think, okay, you're not talking to me, I'm out. You know, you want to you want to seem to be be talked to, be part of it, um, not patronized and almost recognize that you know where women are going to be holding more wealth than men in years to come and that's really important to remember and I think investment companies are starting to pick up on this but we're a long way from there um, I don't see role model enough role models um, in the investing area women don't talk about investing enough um, I was talking to someone recently about just even the women that work in the industry um there aren't that many of them. So we, we lack role models when it comes to investing. Who are we looking up to? Who you know? Who are we listening to when it comes to encouraging us to get started? So I think on the whole, I don't really feel like women think that they're being, being addressed. Um, yeah. Investment company websites aren't certainly not talking to them. Um, and I think we all still experience, if you know, um, if, if you're going out as a... Um, a couple and there's a man in that couple then you know the eye contact always seems to be made with the man and we I still see that quite a lot um which is unfortunate I think that's just like a little example of how women are still you know being seen as not as important when it comes to investing but I think the um story is changing I think women are are recognizing it and they're taking it upon themselves to learn and get in there and encourage others to do the same as well um yeah, so it's definitely not the traditional man's club that it may be perceived to be seen as. And and as we are at the beginning of, of 2023, I have two more questions for you. The first one is around, I mean, of course, like cost of living, that's been you know, your topic for last year. Inflation, interest rates are going up. So things are very volatile for so many families right now. What is your advice on, you know, building financial resilience? Of course, it could be like a completely different topic, but what is like, like what are your, your, your top tips and, and sort of words of, um, of encouragement? Yeah, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. So although we're talking about boosting, um, you know, our finances by investing and making our money work for us, there is um, the cost of living playing on everyone's mind at the moment. And 2023 is going to be tough. Um energy prices we have an energy price guarantee which is a you know a cap on the unit rate not your actual bill and that's going to go up from april um you know inflation is still high um borrow more people's mortgages are going to go up because obviously we've had interest rates peak and people will be coming out of fixed deals so i think the costs are going up uh, we're not there yet in terms of being comfortable again and maybe this is how this is just how what things will cost going forward as well we don't know um so I think when it comes to although everyone should be thinking about investing I think it's really important to build resilience and one of the first things everyone should do before they even think about investing is to build some kind of emergency fund um whether that's three or six months six months is ideal free if you can um start with that and that's to pay for life's emergencies it could be if you're facing a redundancy or you know just just something that you need to pay for and it's about quite a big cost then you've got a little fund and it can stop you going into debt so I would focus on building that um review all your outgoings the usual things review your outgoings know what's actually know what's going out of your accounts um and can you cut those costs and even if you could temporarily take some of those costs out like sometimes you know you might be paying for something if you really like it but can you do without it for a few months just you know while you're getting a bit more getting over this 
quite a difficult start of the year. Um, so I think those are things are really important. Just yeah, putting yourself in as a stronger position as possible um, and knowing where you stand. And also, I just really want to flag what's really important is um, to to talk to people if you're actually struggling. And I mean your creditors, friends and family to get help and advice, but also talk to your creditors. So if, you, if you've if you got debt, maybe over Christmas, you know, you took out buy now, pay later or um, credit card debt that you can't quite keep up with the payments, then phone them up and, you know, tell them if you're struggling with your mortgage, if that's gone up, um, call them up and just say you're struggling and just don't ignore it. I think that's the worst thing you can do. And I always say to people, things aren't as bad as they may seem. And that's such an important message because... People just, you know, bury their head in the sand and think, okay, I'm just going to ignore it. And actually, don't ignore it because you might just find picking up that phone and you're going to feel so much better because there is there is always a solution to debt and, you know, you can, um, yeah, just, just, and also just knowing how your finances stand, I think that's really important. Sometimes people say to me, I don't know what's in my bank account. I, I don't want to look, but please look you need to know. I think that's just really important as well. Thank you so much, Kalpana. And, and finally, uh, just, just to wrap up, any advice on, on, on keeping, ca keeping calm while investing and managing your finances during a recession? Because I guess that's where we're going. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think one really important message there that is if you are investing, um, you, you, you can download the app of wherever you're investing and you might see some ups and downs and what people often do is panic thinking oh no my investments have gone down I'm just going to take it all out don't do that because that is a natural part of the process of investing things we've had recessions in the past um, things go down they go up um, the key element of that is keep going uh, and keep calm so I'd say set a small amount and just put that in on a regular basis so that you can take advantage of the highs and the lows um, but don't don't do um you know don't sh don't get shocked and don't react overreact by just taking all your money out and I actually heard a few people ask me about that um just a few weeks ago actually just saying oh okay so um that investment thing that I started as they put it it's not doing so well so I'm just going to take my money out and put it in a bank but just remember if you take money out and your investments have gone down which let me just remind you is it's normal for that to happen it does happen um but it you know The idea is that eventually you will just see an upside. Um, and yeah, don't, don't, because you're taking it out at a loss. That's the important thing to remember. So what you want to do is just leave it there and just, you know, put a small amount. And if you are nervous, I think, again, this is really important. If you're nervous about just getting started in the first place, and um, I think one, you know, recession can be an opportunity as well. And second, if you're nervous, then just do a small amount. You don't need to start with, As I said earlier, you don't need hundreds anyway to start, but just start small and keep going with that small amount and build your confidence because I think that's really important. I think if you're feeling a little bit nervous about something that you've never done, something that appears to be quite complex for you, um, just start small and build your confidence over time before you start putting more money into it. Thank you so much, Kalpana. Um, and of course, for everyone, you should check out Kalpana's book, Invest Now, The Simple Guide to Boosting Your Finances. It was out like about a month ago. Um, and Kalpana, thank you so much for joining me today on The Wallet. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Please share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet. January is all about reflecting and planning. So I'll record a hotline episode about building wealth in 2023 with some ideas, tips, and frameworks. <laughs>